Welcome in to Jobbing Out. It is episode number 17. Sounds right. It could be 18. I honestly don't know. I mean, this is the amazing thing about this is that we've done so many of them now, I legitimately have no idea. I think last week I said it was 16 and it might have actually been 17. And so now I think this week I'm saying it's 17. It might actually be 18. It's the least interesting thing we've ever talked about on this show. I, I was, I was going to say, we, we've gotten to the point where we shouldn't be counting anymore. Well, wait a second. That's what they're doing with WrestleMania, and I don't like that. <laughs> that that's I don't true. like it's, that. It's too old. It's too old. Like, this was 31, and they just said, no, oh, we're going to pretend no, like it's it's WrestleMania play button. Next, next year's WrestleMania star. Okay, I don't like that. That's really <laughs> – it's really bad. That's really – because, like, you're supposed to remember, like, oh. Well, but the funny thing is they're se- they sell merchandise that says WrestleMania 31 on it. Do they really? Like, you, you can you – because can, they're, they're doing the clearance and stuff. They actually have a really nice baseball jersey. It looks like the San Francisco Giants jersey. Dude, what the that hell? That says WrestleMania 31 on it. Does it uh, – that's so weird, man. Like, what? then why don't just call it WrestleMania 31? Because Vince. Okay. And we'll get to more because Vince later <laughs> yeah, on yeah, in the show. Yeah, there's a little bit of that coming. A uh, little bit of a different show this week. This is what tends to happen in the summer. If you're not familiar with the way that um, our business works, you get to the summer and like everybody's on vacation and scheduling anything is very difficult. So we had a couple things lined up this week that fell through and we said, well, we can do one of two things. We can either you know, postpone taping the show, try to do it the mo- – you know, like we had a lot of ideas. Or we just said, let's just come in and do a show because it's been a long time since you and I just talked wrestling for a this little while. This is true. And some of the shows we've done recently have probably gone on a bit too long. So we're going to talk wrestling, and we'll get back to doing guests and stuff like that next week. Yeah, so. ne- next week our uh, main event is returning. Oh, damn it. I know. So this is why we have to get this in now because right, then he enough. comes in. Yeah, he's going to dominate it next week. Yes, no and, and we have to hear 30 minutes about how Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns is the greatest feud in the history of wrestling. Jesus Christ. All right, later on in this show we will uh, give you an update from uh, Tough Enough. We will uh, talk about the edict, not really edict, but the information that was passed around online uh, this week about Vince McMahon and his policies for WWE announcers, which I think a lot of people found fascinating. I think a lot of people thought it was like big breaking news. Well, I mean, most of that but stuff was from 08. It, like, one, yeah. it was from 08, and two, like, it was kind of stuff that either we one, already know, we yeah. already knew, or, or really does just make sense. Right. I didn't think there was anything damning in there. The, the, there were a couple odd things, yeah, okay. but, but, but nothing crazy. You know, like, we knew he doesn't like the term belt. Right. You know, Correct. we knew that. Correct. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. We'll also recap what happened on Monday Night Raw. By the way, I am Glenn Clark, and he is Aaron Oster. I guess I should have done that at the top. Yeah, it's my fault. I'm with GlennClarkRadio.com. Aaron's with the Baltimore Sun, where he writes the Ring Post blog, and uh, also with Rolling Stone. And you can follow him on Twitter, at the AOster. Wanted to start this week. Um, by the way, the show is brought to you by WrestleCrate. We appreciate them, and I know Aaron loves his WrestleCrates. Did you get yours? I did get mine. Very excited. What Included all? a... Uh had had a cool shirt on it. It was like an Old Spice parody that said Old School on it. it had an Old School ring on it. Uh, the, the most exciting thing in it was the Macho Man Randy Savage pop. Oh, very so nice. Got, one of those. Got, got a headlocked comic book, a uh, signed Colt Cabana picture. Ha! And uh, what else was in there? Something else in there that I'm forgetting right now. But, yeah, it, nice, very nice little box there. Very cool, and that's the concept. The concept is – Oh, I remember a DVD, a Ring of Honor DVD – Featuring the world's greatest tag team, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, uh, the artists formerly known as Team Angle. Yes. How about that? Very cool. Very and you cool. can get your own uh, WrestleCrate just by going right now to WrestleCrate.com. You uh, can get your, – your crates can start at $15 a month. And they're all guaranteed to include a T-shirt from either uh, Barbershop or Pro Wrestling Tees. Those alone are going to cost you 20 bucks. So immediately you know you're getting a better deal by getting the WrestleCrate for 15 bucks. Plus, it could be even less than that when you use our code 
J-O sent me, you get 10% off. Just like that. Just like that. And there's other uh, packages available for different prices you can check out. Go to WrestleCrate.com right now to find out more. Saturday was the 4th of July. And what's more patriotic than going to Japan for uh, wrestling? That's the way that I've always clearly, seen it. Clearly. It's the, the, most the Great American Bash in Tokyo. Correct. That's exactly the way that you handle it. The Beast in the East, Brock Lesnar. That was the actual title of this event that Again, they had. Again, would have been a great in-your-house name. It would have been a tremendous in-your-house name. I agree with that. Um, it happened live on the WWE Network, which you can get for, I believe, just um, – what is the price of the WWE 278. Network? 278. Thank you. I was struggling with that. Yeah. It happened live on the WWE Network at 530 in the morning. Aaron, knowing the size nerd that you are – and by size, I don't mean your, your height. I know you're the, not the biggest man in the world. Um, but the, the amount of nerd that you are, I'm assuming that you watched, if not live, pretty shortly after live. Honestly, I didn't. Only because, only what? because I would have woken up. Except, I also cover the Nationals. The Nationals had an 11 a.m. game that day. So kind of disappointed in you, Dudley. I, I know. So I, I watched. I watched some of it in the press box. I caught you know some okay. of the big matches in the did. press box, and then I caught up on the rest of it later. All right. So this was really weird, man. Like I, I did not watch the entire event. All right. I have watched some of the event. I have not watched the entire event. I did watch the Kevin Owens Finn Balor match. As you should have. Um, I, I, you know what happened? I went to watch it on Sunday. I had to work at seven a.m. and then afterwards I went to watch it, and you it, fell I, asleep. Yeah, correct. I was n- coming in, nodding in and out. Um, here's what really kind of drove me nuts about this. It became very clear in the two weeks leading up to the event that it was a case of we want you to watch this, but. Either we don't really want you to watch this, or we're assuming you're not going to watch this. I don't and know if that's the case. I, I, I know where you're going with this, because it, it's weird, you know, just the the fact that a lot of the matches didn't really have any storyline significance. You had Chris... Not only did they not have... It seemed like they went out of their way to right. prevent them from having any storyline significance. Uh, Jericho beating Neville was a little weird. If, if you're, you know, making this canon, I mean, like, why, are you, why is Jericho going over correct. Neville? Um, you know, and obviously the tag match being the main event when, you know, all those were nothing to do with each other. other. Exactly. Uh, here's pick two good guys, put them with two bad guys. It's your typical house show main event. Yeah. So I, I definitely see where you're going with there with that. But I think, honestly, I think their plan more than, you know, treating this is like, this was their test at doing, okay, we want to show random house shows. When we go to Madison Square Garden. We want to air that. like, And this is going to be well, our you have, you have five weeks without a pay-per-view, and it gives you a little bit more programming. Right. And that's, I'm, I think that's a good thing. And so I think that they were just like, we don't want to do, with the exception of the NXT title, because they really wanted to make that special with Finn Balor going back to Japan where he had spent eight years and all that stuff. And they thought, okay, this is a really cool moment. We'll do this here. With the exception of that, they wanted to be like, okay, this is going to be a normal house show. We want this to be a house show, and we want to see if people will watch it. And, and, that's, and that's my issue. My issue is... That, that you do that, right? Like you create this event to just make it a house show, but then you put it on so that people can watch well, it. But that's what they're going to do. Like I think that's what they'll do probably next time they're in Madison Square Garden. See, that's tough for me. I, it's tough for me because whether you like it or not, this stuff is now programming. This is what you've done with the WWE Network right. is you know, you, the last time you had an event, it was a pay-per-view. Correct. That this is – something is actually happening here. Okay. And if it is, you can't then ignore it in the weeks leading up to it or in the immediacy afterwards. And the only thing 
we, we didn't see anything from the NXT Championship. It was as if it never happened. They only, there was only a vague reference made. There, there was a few references made but that it, Owens was angry over Right, it. that now I don't have a belt, and so now, but he was immediately moving on from it. There was, I, right. I'm distancing my, I lost it, and I'm well, distancing that, that, myself. Well, that's from, as much due to the storyline. Well, I, yeah. I, I, I get that's the concept. The concept right. is Kevin Owens is moving on from NXT, and right. that's, that's the way that it works. Um, but the same way, like there was a brief mention of what Brock Lesnar did to Kofi Kingston. And Kofi and, wrestled. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. He was murdered by Brock Lesnar I, I, on did, Saturday, did, 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 and then he was right back to performing on did, Monday night. Did, did you see the Photoshop of the uh, the people, all the people out for the Dusty Rhodes tribute, but with a oh, picture with of Kofi? Yeah, 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 I saw that. That, that was a good bit. Um, but and, and there was a moment where, like, you know, after they had, uh, Brock had destroyed the car on Monday night, like they looked over and. It was like sort of an acknowledgement right. of that. Right, like but po- it, post-traumatic stress disorder right. type deal. But it really is like, okay, this happened, but again, you're not allowed to talk about the fact that it happened. And and that, to me, I get the concept, but I think if this is what it, if what your scenario is, is that, hey, they just want to put more house shows on TV or on the WWE Network in some way, I'm all that's all well and good. You're going to have to acknowledge storylines somehow. You, you, it cannot completely exist in a vacuum. These are real matches that are now occurring at actual events. Correct. And people are watching them. And I'm all for it. Like, I think it's a great idea because, again, you had five weeks where there wasn't really anything going on. Yes, you have Tough Enough, so there's a little bit of additional programming. But that's not on the WWE Network, and no. you have people that are paying their uh, four, tough talk 443 or whatever it is they're paying a month in order to get the WWE Network. And they want something for it, so I think it's a great idea. But you have to be able to do both somehow. Yeah, you I agree. They, you definitely, you yeah, I definitely agree with you. You have to at least reference it afterwards. And now these are part of the continuity. So when I don't, did Neville come out on Raw? Did Neville ever wrestle? I don't Raw? think so. No, but if he had, you mentioned okay, you know, he wrestled a legend in Chris Jericho right. or something like right. that. You have to, you have to mention that. But you know, at the same time, I, I think we have to, you know, we have to acknowledge that. These are house shows. I, I hear you, but I think that, again, we're talking about smarts, and maybe everybody that has WWE Network is is smart enough to understand what it is they're watching. Because they didn't, but they didn't I don't do anything. That. Well, and they didn't do anything contrary. Like, they didn't do anything that's like, wait a second, why is this happening? Well, this other than Neville and Jericho, that really doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense, but it's not like it's, you know, them turning some, you know, having because on house shows a lot, you'll have people work heel when they're normally working. I, I hear you. As right. long as they don't do that, yeah, not a big issue. That's 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 awful. But I think that you need to at least flirt with. Um, look, I'm not suggesting that you should have done Brock versus Seth, right? Right. But I think we talked about last week. What would it have hurt to have done Brock versus Kane in Japan? Uh, I, I mean, what what it would have hurt is you, do, you wouldn't get to see Kane fly around. Like, the whole purpose of the yeah, match okay. was for Brock to throw people around. That's all well and good, but I, I mean this with all due respect. If you had told me that Brock was facing Kofi Kingston, I didn't need to see him do that to him to know that's what he's going to do to him. There's no scenario where a Brock-Kofi Kingston match should ever look anything different than what it looked like in okay. Japan. And that's, that's what they wanted to show. They wanted to show Brock absolutely okay, dominates. Okay, but I know that Brock absolutely okay. dominates. My point is I need something that fits with the storyline. This just it, It's completely out of nowhere. Now, what does that do for Kofi Kingston to have him get his ass handed to him by Brock Lesnar on a WWE Network special? Does that help him in any way? No. Again, I'm suggesting that's exactly the way that it should be, but that doesn't help Kofi Kingston. No. That doesn't it, you know, move him along in any sort of no. way. It doesn't make the New Day look better. It doesn't do anything like that. Whereas at least if Brock faces Kane, Kane gets in a little bit of offense. It's a pretty good match. 
it's about what you would expect for a couple of big guys going after each other. Then you further except Kane couldn't fly. Or, you know, I understand be that he couldn't. I understand that. You know what I mean? But you, you can still put Kofi Kingston in a match. But the point was the the whole point of the match was. Hey, look, we Brock, we haven't seen you throw guys around since WrestleMania 31. But have you forgotten that Brock can throw guys around? But they wanted him. They wanted to. You know, they wanted to. They had basically him everybody destroy a Cadillac two nights later. Basically, everybody he who had nearly ever, killed a fan. They, they wanted to use everyone who had ever been involved with Japan, and that was the reason for it. I, so they wanted to because Brock is still fairly revered in Japan. I hear you, and he's he former should be, IWGP he champion. He should be fairly revered in Japan. So I, maybe it's Brock versus Joey and Jamie. Right? And he can throw that would those fun. guys around. That would be fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever it is. Right. Something that fits a little bit better with the current storyline because it actually happened. It was something real that people could watch that was promoted, albeit not a ton, but it was promoted. We want you to watch it. What can it do to help your programming? And I don't think it did anything. To help your programming whatsoever. I think it was a nice event for the folks in Japan. Which and is I'm, what it was. I'm all for that. But then why put it on the network? Because they want to test that. They wanted to show, they wanted to show, hey, look, here's wrestling in Japan, which is actually was cool. That was one of the cool parts of it. We get to see the right. different this venue. We get to like see the, the crowd. Yes. We got to see the streamers for Finn Balor's but entrance. It we only got takes see- a little bit to do that. And right. help your storyline is my point. Of course. There's nothing wrong with what you're saying. That's all well and good. Right. But with just a little bit of work, literally a tiny amount of work, you can accomplish both that and further your storylines to people that were watching. I, Make it so that people feel right. the need. Hey, I, I, I can't miss – I better have the WWE Network so right. I don't miss this type of event. Agreed. And otherwise, again, so what? So I miss Brock Lesnar throwing Kofi Agreed. Kingston around. I just I, – I wonder if – again, I, I think this is almost a – Okay, so if this goes off well without a hitch, next time we're in Boston, let's say the right, you know, like something like the right. Rock happens, we can all of a sudden turn that around, and people will know. Okay, this is a house show. This is what you know what we're coming to say. Not necessarily anything storyline related, but something that can just exist on its own. But on I think the it's very difficult to do that in professional wrestling. I think you're walking a very fine line when you try to do things. But that's what they're the, trying to do. I, I agree. I, it's it's I, hard to do, but if that's what they're I don't doing, even think that it's hard to do. I don't think it's smart to do. I don't think it's smart to do anything where you're not working your storylines. Again, the, this everything these people do. Um, has to fit into what we know of their characters. And at a house show, it really is as though it doesn't exist. And I know that you can say, hey, look, people have you know cameras and they can put things online. And you know when Daniel Bryan walked out in Wyatt gear for the first time at a house show, it was a very big deal. Like I understand all of those things, but it fit with the storyline. Right. It was okay to do that because it fit with the storyline, which was that Daniel Bryan had joined the Wyatt family. Right. He's going to be wearing Wyatt gear. That's a great thing for you to have out there. Right. See what it looks like. Oh, my God, that's crazy. We can't, you know, I, I should have been there. Here's Daniel Bryan and Wyatt gear. It's got to fit. And, it, again, it takes so little when it comes to work, so little that needs to be done in order to say, okay, you're essentially drawing up a raw, right? Like you're just drawing up a raw and putting it in Japan and having something a little bit special like Finn Balor, uh, Kevin Owens, that sep- differentiates it from a raw episode. That you have the matches actually all have finishes instead of having them all be you know fought in the you know, disqualifications right. like we see on Raw. Little bit of effort and you get something that actually benefits everything. What if this is all pretty much going to be serving as an advertisement for the house shows though? WWE's like our house shows down a little bit. Okay, we start showing these house shows. So hey, you can kind of see this sort of thing. This sort of thing might happen. Right. 
I, if if you're there, I hear you. But what is what is the benefit of a house show? Like what? Why? Why would you? If because I, I would say my answer is I wouldn't encourage fans to go to a house show. Uh, because you can see the WWE superstars for cheaper. That's their point of the house. That's show. their point, right? That you yeah. see it in cheap, and they tend to go to markets that you wouldn't be able to get television right. in, right? And and, so. and it's you know. There's a question on how enjoyable it is. I've I've been to very fun house shows. I've been to terrible yeah, house shows. I, I don't have a great house show memory in my life. I, I, I have a few. I mean, I, I got to see back in WCW days. I got to see Goldberg versus Sting at a okay. house show. Yeah, like that, that was neat. pretty great. Right. I got to go to the Keys Stadium. I saw saw a couple. I saw Brock versus RVD. I saw Booker T and Big Show when both of them were pretty decent. I saw. Uh, the Dudleys, I saw Ric Flair. I saw. See, I, I don't even remember who I saw at, at various house shows. Right. And in fairness, I've never gone to a house show anywhere other than the Baltimore Arena, and I've gone to right. maybe five there. Right. Um, so I, I've seen some fun house shows. So to be fair, like that is what I said. I say you get to see, you get to see, hey, you get to see two and a half hours of action. Like but no, I, no see, promos. Here's my biggest selling point for the for the house shows is the matches actually have finishes. That you're going to see a night of wrestling where there's going to be finishes, and I think if you're going to put it somewhere. The finishes have to have happened. You know what I mean? Like that you can't if, – if you're going to do this thing where you're going to put it on television, hey, look, it's a chance to see – or put it on the network and say it's your chance to see Neville face Chris Jericho. I saw Chris Jericho beat Neville now. I saw it right. with my eyes. That's, that's fair. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, no, you, no, I definitely see what you're saying there. I don't know. We'll see. It, it, it's just – Again, as a one-off, it was a fine event. It was fine. Everything about it was very – it was just fine. But I, I feel like this goes back into all of the little lazy things that we've talked about where it's it's not as if – I don't think my complaint right now with the WWE is that it's awful. It's not. I think there was a stretch of the programming. It was very bad. Yes. I think right now it's it's been kind it's of solid. okay. Even, even this past Raw, which we'll get to, nothing was – great about it other, right. than the, other than the last 30 minutes, but there wasn't anything I can really complain about. Like, it was a fine It was wrong. a totally fine program, yeah. but there's so many little things that you just feel like they could do better to either, one, show their work, um, or, or two, just make it make sense. Yep. And this goes into that category of, you know, what Vince McMahon famously said on the Stone Cold podcast, we don't want to do wrestling for wrestling's sake, right? Correct. Well, isn't that all that Saturday event ended up being? Yes. It's just wrestling for wrestling's sake. Pretty much. And that and does we got not... To, and to be fair, we also got to get here Cole off the leash, which was very interesting, I thought. Well, I thought it was also very – like I went back I, – I read somewhere online someone complaining about the fact that like during the, the uh, Owens match, he had no idea what any of the moves were. And I went back and watched it, and they were 100% right. Well, it wasn't like, so much that – He could not call a move. It wasn't so much he didn't I, – I feel like he knew what the moves were, but in so many cases they were pulling out moves that they hadn't used in WWE before. For example, Finn Balor pulling out the Bloody Sunday. They had never named that move in WWE, so it's a little awkward to expect uh, Cole to say, oh, this is the Bloody Sunday because he doesn't even know if it's going to be called and, the and, Bloody and, Sunday. And that's all only good, but then those are things that you have to work on before you put it yeah. on the WWE Network. I just don't think you can treat the WWE Network like something that nobody's going to find. Like, you have built this thing up. Right. Like, this is supposed right. to be very important. This is where you go now to watch your pay-per-views. This, is, this happened the same way WrestleMania would happen. That The overwhelming majority right. of people now are going to WWE Network to watch WrestleMania, your Correct. singular most important Correct. event of the year. In the same place, they found this event. You yes. have to keep that in mind. Yes. It cannot be, well, it's hidden there. It's a real event. And you don't want to fly Cole to Japan. You want to have him sit in the studio in Connecticut and do the, the broadcast from there? Okay. I mean, that's not I, – I don't like that, 
But it's not uncommon. I mean, they do that for a lot of things. They do voiceovers for SmackDown right. from a booth a, a, right. a number of times. TNA even shows the stupid little booth, which is the most bizarre yeah, thing ever. that's really bad. Um, but there are other – like real sports that do that. During the Olympics, right. if you think that every broadcaster no. of the Olympics is actually sitting at the event in Rio de Janeiro, you're wrong. A lot of them are sitting in a booth in New it, York. It, it wouldn't surprise me if that even starts becoming a more common thing in sports because it I, makes a I ton hate, of sense. I hate the idea. Well, I don't know that it makes a ton of sense as much as it makes – it's a Financial lot cheaper. Financial sense, right. yes. Yeah, it's it makes, cheaper. And you don't miss that much. Mm, disagree wholeheartedly. It's worse. And I think that's what happens that whatever meetings they're having before the event, well, Saturday yes. in yeah, Japan yeah, – yeah, yeah. As far as the meetings go, the, the, yeah. The broadcaster isn't there for to understand. I think it's much even impro- – there's an argument it's more important in professional wrestling right, than it is in other sports because there's so many rules to what you're supposed to be saying right. and what you're not supposed and to be saying. And stories you're supposed to be progressing correct. and all that other You're stuff. a part yes. of telling yes. the story right, and you're not there to be able to help tell the story. Right. I think this all goes into it. You can't pretend like this is just something yep. that exists that you know doesn't really exist. Right. It's a real event and apparently a lot of people watched it. And if that's the case, you got to treat it like a real event in, yep. in some ways. And I hope this is a learning experience yeah. for that. Like, I hope if the plan that you have in mind doing more of these comes to fruition, great. I'm, I am, that's the, if you're going to do a network, you got to do stuff like this. But just put in a little bit of work. Yeah, I agree. It just was, a little bit. It was a good first attempt at it. Let's put it that way. I, well, I was I, very pleased with the right. first attempt. I, I liked how the show went off. I liked both Cole and Saxon. I thought both, even though they didn't call all the moves. A, I think that some people harp a little bit too much on that because we can see what's going on. Granted, it would be yeah, but I think it came off a little bit more awkwardly, like it, where he was d- just saying, uh, "Trying and to he be hit that the, right, uh, exactly." There, there, you know, he could, but he, a lot of the talking about uh, New Japan and the IWGP right. title. He, I was shocked he mentioned Dragon Gate uh, for Neville. So you know, going back talking about the histories of all these wrestlers, he called the uh, the Lion Tamer a Lion Tamer. That was the first time ever on huh. WWE television huh. that they actually. A, it's one of the first times he's used a right, lion tamer, right. but it's also the first time they've called it a lion tamer. So, you know, when needed and when it was appropriate, he said it. I thought they were both good. I thought that I liked the kind of American style with throwing in some of the Japanese stuff, allowing the streamers, allowing the, the flowers yep. before yep. it. I thought that was very cool. Uh, I love the crowd. I thought the crowd was well, great. I think, I think what we learned from last night is that you should be doing an NXT event in Japan fairly regularly. I think Japan is perfect for NXT. And if you want to send a star or two over there with it, you know what I mean? Like if you want to right. do a, you know, an NXT show with, you know, insert name here, that Randy Orton goes with NXT as does, you know, whoever Cesaro. else it is. Yeah. Right, Cesaro. I think that's a great way um, yeah. to, to use that. That they... That would be great. I mean, the question is, to, you know, how feasible is it to send out the, I, the crew to I, Japan? I get and that that's the problem. Clearly, they're looking big with NXT, as we'll get to later, as they are going to be running the Barclays Center SummerSlam weekend. It is wild. <laughs> that is wild. But we'll no get doubt. to that a little later. All right. Uh, we will grab a break here. When we come back in, we'll talk about the actual storylines and the actual wrestling from Monday night and, um, you know, what's actually happening, not just my complaints about things that aren't happening. I swear, we actually do like things every now and then, especially this week. There was stuff to like. There's no doubt about that. Uh, He's Aaron Oster. I'm Glenn Clark. This is Jotting Out. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me.
Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen. Powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkinbaseball.com slash camps. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Surcharge free ATM use. That's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge you to use their ATMs. They make you spend money just to get your money. We don't. At Royal Farms, you can come in anytime, day or night. Walk over to our ATM, take out your bank or credit card, and in just a few seconds, get your cash for nothing because it's surcharge free. Individual cardholder fees may still apply for using a Royal Farms ATM, but we won't charge you. So the next time you want to get cash at an ATM, come to Royal Farms. Because this is how we do it. Get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Cash for nothing because there is no fee. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. All right, I don't know about you guys, but when my car goes up, there's nothing in the world worse than having to pick up the phone and call my mother-in-law, who I love, and say... Can I ask you a favor? Could you come get me and take me to work? Oh, it's so uncomfortable. That's why I turned to First Choice Automotive in Joppa, 710 Pulaski Highway, 410-676-5552. Free towing with all repairs. Free loaner cars with major repairs. First Choice Automotive, fcautomotive.com. Make them your first choice when it comes to your vehicle. You are now tuned in. Back in here, segment number two of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster with you. It's all brought to you by WrestleCrate. Go find out more about them at WrestleCrate.com. Segment number two, last Monday night. Let's take a look back at what happened on Raw. And as we mentioned, it was a pretty good effort on Monday night. It's certainly different. And um, the summer is always weird, right, because you have this, this lull where after Money in the Bank, you're supposed to be kind of on the road to SummerSlam, right? And that's supposed to make things more interesting. But you do have guys that are legitimately taking vacations over the summer. That does happen. There is stuff that's going on. It's the follow-up to a trip to Japan. So it's a question of how much you use certain guys. And there's just a lot happening. And I think given all that, I think the Monday night was a, was a really solid show. I think it was a standout show with moments that you know will – 
will follow for a few for a few weeks, if not months. I think that there are things that happen on Monday night that were significant, that were kind of must-watch. And unfortunately, we haven't always been able to say that about Raw in recent months. So let me start with the main event. And did, did we know it was going to be the main event? Because you know what's funny? In going well, back and watching the show, because I watch on DVR and I, I watch baseball while it's live and then I watch Raw after that. I just sort of thought it was the match before whatever the – Yeah, every, I think everyone thought that that would be the 10 o'clock or 10.15 match. But even, and, and even then when it came w- out at like 10.30 – Oh, no. I, I knew that was going to be the main See, event. See, I then. didn't know then. I still thought there oh. might be something else. You know, I say the main event. I didn't think there was going to be another match. Right. But I thought the last segment might you, be some other – I mean, there's just nothing left once they already did oh, the they Brock. They can always give you more Brock Seth somehow. Well, the, true. The, the Rollins could extract his revenge somehow on Brock. But, no, I, I figured that was going to be – I actually thought that that was going to be Cody's return. I thought that that was going to be oh, the big okay. moment because there was a lot of room – well, Cody was there because they were filming some of the stuff for the Dusty special okay. that they were doing. So they were having uh, – so both uh, Cody and Dustin were backstage doing stuff. And people thought, okay, this is going to be his oh, that's return. That's a little bit weird they didn't do that. No, I think they're trying to figure out exactly what to do with Cody. Because they have to treat that really carefully. They don't want to do a situation like, I'm actually kind of glad they didn't. Because that would have put Cody in a situation where he was going to lose in his first match back. That's not good. You don't want Cody. You, you, want, that, you want that triumphant yeah. pose. At the, it doesn't matter who. You know, Obviously, you want in a higher But I don't think you match. needed to have a match. I think it could have is. You're, you're saying that it would be the U.S. Open, that he yeah, takes yeah, yeah. the U.S. Open exactly. challenge. I think that would be the wrong way to use yeah, the title. Yeah, and, and a lot of people were speculating. And but I, I think, eh, I'd like that because it would be cool. At the same time, that's the wrong way to yeah, do it. I, it's, I especially if it's, not, if it's Cody and not Stardust. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that at all. Um, I, I think that I would have – if I were to do it, if they were there, I would have had them come out and greet the crowd somehow and, you know, hey, right. thank you for the – just just those – you remember like the, the Brett – when Brett appeared on WCW after Owen's death, yeah. he didn't really accomplish anything. Right. But yet it was one of those moments that you'll never forget. And I feel like the, the, I just think they want to do something. They, they, they want to make Cody's – if Cody is returning as Cody, as people are speculating and right. not as Stardust, they want to be very careful that, because that first appearance is going to be meaningful because that, that's going to set the tone for who he is as Cody Rhodes. I hear you. It, so they, they are – I'm glad that they're not rushing him back. I'm right. glad that they're figuring out we want a spot for this. We, you know, we're trying to figure out the best way to transition you into whatever the next phase in Cody Rhodes is. So you have this tremendous match between John Cena and, and Cesaro. It's the second straight week. This one more significant because it ends up being the main event. It goes longer. It's, there's an actual finish to it, which yep. is significant. All of these reasons why it's a significant moment. There's so a couple things that are a little bit strange about it to me. One... As we addressed last week, what this means for Cesaro, no clue. No clue. They've yeah. done this with him before. Yeah, we've, big... we've seen him. He's, he's the greatest guy ever as taking a close law. A cl- taking Correct. A close law. Correct. He's a worker. He's an amazing worker. That's what he does, and so there's nothing surprising about this. He can make anyone look good, and he can look good in the process because we know what he's capable of. So I don't buy into it. This means that Cesaro is you know, headed somewhere huge. I hope he is. You know what I mean? Like I'm fully rooting for it. And then somebody, people talk about, well, what about John Cena putting him over after the cameras went off? He actually has done that before. Like, that's, they, this is not a new trope for them. John Cena once on a European tour um, did a, a goofy thing where he asked Cesaro to translate everything that he said. And it was awkward because Cesaro was a heel at the time. And John Cena was talking about how great Cesaro was. And so Cesaro, like, awkwardly didn't want to translate it. It was, it was sort of a famous moment that's been talked about in the rags for a long time. 
John Cena has done this where he's put Cesaro over before. Look, it doesn't look, mean anything. Look, last year going into the Elimination Chamber when they were having everybody face everybody else in the Elimination Chamber, again, Cena and Cesaro had a great match. Everyone was like, this is it. This is the moment for Cesaro. Yeah, it, yeah we'll nope, see. I mean, I hope, I hope it is, but my... Nothing that's happened suggests to me that it's definitely different this time around. Yeah, and and for, you know, everyone's like, okay, well, they're inserting him into the U.S. title picture. He'll still be involved after, you know, presumably Owens wins it or if he doesn't, what, you know, maybe they go to a triple threat. But they just very clearly put him, you know, they had Cena win cleanly. See, that part is very strange to me as well, is that because it's now been two really significant matches – whether whether there really is anything more to it or not, there is another feud that exists yes. for John Cena besides Kevin Owens. Well, and there's I, also a feud that exists for Kevin Owens, even more than John Cena. Well, I, well Cesaro. I mean, the, the, he's, because he, he stepped he screwed, in. And, well, he screwed Cesaro over last week. So, you know, hypothetically, if they wanted to go this route, if Cena, you know, if Owens does win the title. First defense could be against Cesaro, and it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, it 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 doesn't. It certainly doesn't not make sense. But I don't. Again, I, the question is: Are you really selling your match between John Cena and Kevin Owens a battleground right now? Have you really done what's necessary to sell that? We always talk about the need to sell. Have you sold that match in the last two weeks? In the last two weeks, arguably no. I, well, when he was on comment, I don't know if you ever went back and listened to his commentary oh, because I, I we were there we were live. Raw, yeah. Um, it, they they sold the match pretty well, so I, I think yes, they they have in a roundabout in a match where this is going to be the third straight pay per view where they face off. They've done the selling they need to do. See, I feel like this comes off more instead of this coming off as the end of a blood feud. It comes off more as like the oh right, we still have to do this when we've got all this other stuff going on. I mean, just the the, the alternative though is having them go at each other for. Five straight weeks on Raw. Well, and, I get it. And, and then we'd be complaining about, okay, enough is enough. I, I, I think that a week ago it wasn't this awkward. I think now that you've done two in a row, there is this sort of feeling of a lack of finality that, hey, you know, it would have been Cesaro who won the first one and now Cena won the second one and don't you need to have a third one now because... I mean, I'm wondering if this is long-term play and they're looking at SummerSlam and they're like, okay, we don't want Owens versus Cena straight up again. But what if we put in Cesaro there, and that's our triple threat at SummerSlam? I mean, I'm not because Cena hypothetically has to get a rematch. If he I don't know, that, I just don't know that I like triple threats at SummerSlam. I just don't know that I like that. I feel like it's supposed to be this big, you know, a, a blow off event, right? But we're getting the blow off here. You know, that's why I was advocating before I'm, is hold off I'm the blow you. off until SummerSlam. I'm with you. You know, but what you, I mean? like, you can't just have Cena Owens again. You can't do it. You can't. I don't think you can either. But but they might. They might, but I, that would be the worst thing ever. I don't care if you what stipulate if you had a cage, if you had blood, right, if you right. had whatever to it. You can't have Owens Cena. What straight. if Owens backed out of Battleground and gave his spot to Cesaro and then said, "I'll face whoever wins at um, at SummerSlam." You know, which which again, I'm not saying that they planned that all. You know, the entire time it, it wouldn't. But wouldn't it fit with both these characters? Like, wouldn't it fit? Are, are with you Kevin saying they? Owens? Are you saying they would do it on Monday, or are you saying that no, 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 that, that next? Uh, what, no, no, what no, would no, happen I'm next week is, is they would is, announce is on Raw, right? That Owens okay. would say, you know what, I'm going to pass on, and instead, I'm going to take the challenge. I'll, I'll answer the challenge, but I'm going to answer it somehow. Just, just kind of smarmly be like, oh, you guys have unfinished business with right, each yeah, other yeah, in yeah, a yeah. very he- cowardly heel way. Right. Correct. I could buy it. I could buy. It. 
it, it's hard just to do it now after you've done two I, great matches with I, them. I mean, I hear you. I just don't. I, I just feel like you. What you've done is accidentally created this awkward scenario where it sort of feels weird. Just eliminating Cesaro exactly. from the picture and, that's and going the, right that's to Cena. I was so surprised it, it was a clean win for Cena because at the same right. time you are firmly putting Cesaro in the picture, but you're firmly putting him out of the picture. At the same time, no doubt. Yep. No doubt entirely. But I, look, I'm all for great matches, yep. and I'm all for like a match ending Raw. Like I think that's A U.S. title match ending Raw and it making sense and feeling like a big deal. It, you know, it's funny you say that. I don't know that I'm fully on board with that only because, again, at the end of it, I didn't know what – I didn't I, – because I don't watch live, I don't know what time it is, right? Right. So it ended and it just ended raw. It was sort of like, wait, really? You know what I mean? Like I, I, there is still a part of me that says whatever your main event is should be the way that raw ends every night. You know what I mean? That, that I disagree. I disagree with that entirely. I think you should mix up as much as you can what they do. Sometimes segments, sometimes big match. You know, or you know, sometimes a title match, sometimes a tag match that makes sense storyline wise. I think you want as much diversity as possible. I, I, let me throw one other thought in: in that I have a bad taste in my mouth, and this is, I think, a danger. They've done everything in their power to try to get the John Cena character over, and there is this. Well, what more could you ask for the guy? Always, there's never been a problem with John Cena the person. There's never been a problem with John Cena the wrestler. He doesn't always sell, and that bothers me, but for the most part, we know he's capable of working very good matches. Yes. There's never been a problem with either one of those things. The problem has always been John Cena, the character, and you've done nothing to improve John Cena, the character, in the last couple of months, despite the, other than making him non-threatening. That's and, the and, one thing you've done. And that's what they've is, done. Is and, make him non-threatening. And you it's know worked. That, but, but you know when that ends? That <laughs> ends when you start putting him in main events. Well, if you put the U.S. title in the main event, I, I, I think it's just... For whatever reason, and I've never quite understood why, as wrestling fans, we are so fixated on what title is where, what title is on somebody. It's one of the reasons back, you know, when I thought, when we thought Daniel Bryan was, when he did win the Intercontinental, I was like, make that the worker title, and then all of the internet fans can be like, oh, that's the real title, that's what we can come to expect from that. Basically what they're doing with the U.S. title now, making it kind of the well, worker's but they're not title. really making it the worker title. They're now just making it the title that everybody loses to John Cena for. Until Kevin Owens beats him. If he does. He, I, I, I know he has to, but... He's going to. You're saying he's going to. He's going to. There's no other reason for him to drop the NXT title. I'm with you on that, but... It's still John Cena. It's we're going that. Let, let, let's assume WWE is not completely out of their minds. Whoever's in charge isn't complete, which is a big assumption, dude. It's a big you assumption. You want me to just jump there with you? That's a big assumption. But let's just assume it. Kevin Owens has to win, and when Kevin Owens wins, I think they've succeeded in what they were trying to do back at WrestleMania, which is. I mean, I think they failed miserably with the IC title, but as far as the U.S. title goes, they've elevated it. Well, but it's not it. their fault what happened with the IC no, title. No, it's not. And I'm sure they had bigger plans with it. And I'm sure that, you know, we, we might have gotten Daniel Bryan versus Dolph Ziggler for the past three months. They were like, oh, my God, look at the IC right. title. Right. You're right. No, that's not all their fault. But for the U.S. title, they've succeeded where six months ago, there's no chance the U.S. title is in the main event. Yeah, you know, every now and then, it didn't feel like a big deal. Rusev winning it, sure, maybe a little bit didn't feel like a big deal now it's like okay this feels like a main event spot especially you know if you're not going to have a title defense uh, for raw which you don't normally have a world title defense i on. think that we're thinking that because the matches have been so absurdly good well okay you know what i mean right and, and that's all well and good and, and part of yeah you're right part of it is that it's just wherever cena is feels a little bit bigger and, and i but I, again you run this really this is a fine line that you're walking 
Because for John Cena to be non-threatening, we can't go right back to the only thing that matters on the show is John Cena. Mm -hmm. Then he's a threat again. You're getting in the way of me enjoying wrestling because you're making it so that the only thing that matters on the show is the part that involves John Cena. And I don't like that part. So you can't – it's a very – you've accomplished kind of what you want to accomplish, but in doing so, you've made it dangerous again. I I, I think the more curious thing is after Cena loses the title, what do you do with Cena? I think that's as much of a big question. It's going to be so funny when he doesn't lose the title. Like it's going to, you're going to be so depressed. <laughs> it, it, it really like will be. You're going to walk and you're just be like, I give up. I can't do it anymore. Well, that's what I was talking about two months ago when I was concerned where this was going. Right, like right. if this ends with Owen to the U.S. title, I still think that it's a little weird that you're conquering Cena to to have the U.S. title. But at the same time, if they've elevated the U.S. title, all of a sudden it makes a little bit more sense. But what do you do with Cena? Do you put him right back in the main event? Like, of course what are you, you doing? do. Of course <laughs> you, you do. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be very awkward. It's gonna be very awkward. We have to walk in here and talk about it. And you're just <laughs> despondent. You're beside yourself. AJ's trying to convince you it's a great idea. You know, like it's John Cena. He's the most important guy on the show. You're just like, damn it. <laughs> it's gonna be very uncomfortable. Um, a couple other things from Brock. Ball. Yeah, Brock was so great. I mean, everything about it was but wonderful. Is, is there a scarier image in the world than Brock Lesnar holding an axe? It's like, literally, that was frightening. Well, how about when <laughs> he didn't know what he was doing with it, right? Like, how about nobody really has – if somebody told you take this axe and go chop apart a car, like, you would have no idea what oh, to yeah. do. He was and, just doing random things. And clearly, Brock had no idea what to do, in which we found out when he got the axe stuck in the side of the car. And then he just and ripped the thank- door off with his well, bare but, but hang on. Thankfully, they had two axes. Because yes. it would have been awkward him trying to figure out how to get the – that would have been very awkward television when he got the axe stuck in the car yeah. if he had not had another axe to just go pick up and go to town with. Um, it was amazing. That was amazing. I, as you pointed out on Twitter, I was surprised that they ended up doing something with the car. Once we got through a week, I said – no, this is typical WWE 2015 where we're just not going to get. No, nope, I, I there was no way they were, they yeah, were introducing you, you that keep without saying the payoff. That. You keep saying that as if they haven't done stuff like that in the last couple of years. They went out of their way to show the price tag on it. Oh, they were, I hear you. I which, by the way, you. did you see uh, Jamie Noble post on Craigslist like 30 minutes after that he no. was selling it for ten thousand dollars? Oh, wonderful! Oh, that's so wonderful! <laughs> oh, that's so I love that so much. Um, it was cheesy, the stuff with Kane and the vacation pictures, and it was cheesy, the graphics for J&J going on the road with the car. Like, you couldn't have actually done some filming somewhere, anywhere. You don't obviously have to go to Hawaii with Kane in order to film Kane on a beach in a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Like, you can just go to the nearest beach and say, hey, Kane, go stand on the beach for a minute so we can take some video of you on the beach You in don't Hawaii even have or- to do that. Have him in front of it. Like, they were clearly just taking a, a – a, Stock no, photo it was, of him. And it was cartoonish. Right. Yeah, it looked so dumb. I mean, again, another area where just a little bit of work I think would have been better. Yeah. But whatever. I'm what, not yeah. – I, I do – that is a bit nitpicky because we know it's silly yeah. and the point of the authority is kind of silly. D- did you see uh, the, the whole thing Brock actually ended up hitting someone in the uh, yeah, crowd? That's, that's kind of amazing. It's, <laughs> it's kind of amazing. It's also – They're lucky. <laughs> They're really lucky. They're that, that's really the second lucky. time that's happened with Brock, too. Right. And, and the problem is you're trying to accomplish two things. You're trying to make Brock look like this, you know, just absolute monster of a force. So you want him doing those types of things. But 
there is a real danger to having him yes. do those types of you, things. You do that, and if that guy was injured, all of a sudden you're paying that guy five million dollars. Well, I mean, what if yeah. he could have been worse? What if he was killed? And now, well, that, Brock, yeah. now Brock right. Lesnar's kind of ruined. You yes. know what I mean? Like, yes. you, it's it's tough because you you, you got to do both things. You both want Brock to look like this monster, and at the same time, you have to be careful. And I don't know what the way is to go about doing that. I, you know, did Brock improvise that? Did they tell him, hey, go rip apart a car, and then right. he added in, well, I'll just chuck this door because I've ripped it off now. M- I, I almost wonder if they're like, okay, chuck this door, not thinking that it would come anywhere close because he right. threw that a really far. No doubt. He threw it very far. But it was all great. It was all perfect. Yeah. It all fit with character, all that makes sense. Um, I, I thought it was very a very good night for Brock Lesnar and the Authority. I, I loved Rollins and uh, Jane Jay coming out with the axe handles. I thought that was just yeah, uh, it was tremendous. I was like, where are you getting axe handles from? First of all, right. And then when he came out with the real axes, I was just like, okay, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, no, I thought it was tremendous. Yeah. I thought it was excellent. Uh, a couple other things to point out from Raw Monday night. Um, you you thought that Rusev and Ziggler had a good segment? I, I, maybe I, they did. I thought it was the best. Se- I thought. You know, there was nothing bad about Raw. But there was nothing really good about Raw until that segment, and that segment was about an hour and 40 minutes into the show. Um, I thought that it, it progressed things finally. It let Rusev finally look like, you know, a person, not a weird, creepy stalker guy or not weird emo dude. It allowed us a little bit less Don- oh, Donna, Lana and Dolph, uh, you know, being weird with one another and being awkward. And, uh, you know, finally getting to see Rusev be physical again was great. And he did a great job of being physical. I, I, I love those throat shots. Uh, I think those are, you know, they're used sparingly enough that when you do use them, it right. always looks it really, feels, really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, they sold it well. They're saying now, you know, Dolph out indef- indefinitely, which kind of bums me out because I was hoping this means we would get the Dolph. blow off at Battleground. Yeah. Oh wait! You thought we were getting a battleground? I thought we were getting, getting SummerSlam. No, no. I was hope when, when when Rusev, you know, unstrapped the boot. I was like, oh man, maybe we could get this at Battleground right. now and move them along for uh, SummerSlam. Well, but here's my question: Is this how does this play into the issues with Dolph to the contract issues? When is his contract up? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. For all we know, he signed like, a new contract. Okay. Well, I also is there a danger that he's really walking away, like now, just sort of saying, yeah, no, I'm no, done. No. I. I I won't say it's impossible. I'd be very surprised. Okay. I'd be very, right. very surprised. All right. Um, I don't know. I just – I'm so out on this whole thing that – Rusev nothing. back in the ring makes me happy. Yeah, that I like makes Rusev me back happy. in the ring. I'm all for that. But I'm just so out on Rusev and Lana and Dolph and the I mean whole... it, it's partially that they set such a low bar that anything mildly competent looks like a work of art just in comparison. So that that's a big part of it. But I, I was – I was a fan overall in the seg- of the segment. I thought it progressed the storyline and actually did something. And, uh, you know, Rusev doesn't look like an idiot. I think the other thing that people were talking about coming out of Raw was uh, Titus O'Neil. Oh, commentary. he was fantastic. Of course he was. He was amazing. Well, I, Titus O'Neil is amazing. Titus O'Neil's amazing. I loved him going after JBL when J- Yes. When uh, several times I want to talk about something else, he's just like, "Oh, look at the match here." Right, right. That, that doesn't know. I feel you know. Bill Simmons did that too, right around WrestleMania. He's like, "No, I don't want to talk about random thing. I want to talk about this match in front of us." Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it, right? It's really funny when that sort of thing happens, which uh, will tie in something we talk about later on. Is like these guys don't have these notes in front of us as to what to do, what not to do. Correct. They're just. I mean, they're just coming out to sit in, right? Like, yep. that, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to say here. I didn't. Nobody briefed me on, 
you know, and, and, and not that it isn't a skill that would be good to have, to be yeah. able to work on the fly like that and stay um, in character, but, I, yeah, it was tremendous. He was, he's very good, he's, but he's the best. I'm, as you know, I'm all in on he's Titus O'Neil. Uh, how, how about uh, Bo Dallas getting more chance than Dean Ambrose in their match? That yeah. Was, that, was very, that had the, the Cena, the, the women and children ch- chanting, let's go Ambrose, and then the men chanting, we believe. That was... It was, that breakdown was odd to me. I get it. It's Chicago. They want to be smarky. They want to be counterculture a little bit, so they do that. But it was interesting to hear that, that very clear breakdown that typically we only hear with right. Cena when it comes to Ambrose. Well, I think that they are running a, a – a, they are they have risked a lot with Ambrose where they want him to be a certain character, and then they haven't made him into that character. Right. And that's problematic and will remain problematic. And I'm pretty sure that Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt are facing each other at uh, Battleground, but boy, do I just not care. I, I got to say, I did like the. If, if you're going to do mind games with Bray Wyatt, this mind game, the, the 30 seconds of some fake guy coming out is much okay. better than a four minute rambling promo. Okay. But it's. it's and they, they've tried to make this part of the storyline, but anytime you're doing a mystery reason as f- part of a storyline, it. Inherently false. Life. We don't still don't know why Bray Wyatt doesn't no, like Roman. Has no a problem with clue. Roman Reigns. But we don't really know much of anything about Bray Wyatt. <laughs> That's true too. But you know, he keeps saying anyone but you or whatever. Why does Bray Wyatt have a problem with Roman Reigns? Like, if, if you're going to sell the anyone but you, if that's the tagline for the feud, we got to know why it's anyone but you. I'm with you, man. I'm completely with you, and I don't know that we'll ever get that answer because we've never gotten a lot of answers when it comes. Who is Sister Abigail? Sister Abigail. Exactly. That's who it is. No idea. Still, the crux of his character. I, I still want to know if, if his father, if he's referring to IRS. I just, I, I want, right. I want right. him to say, right. you know. All right. Is that it from Raw? Uh, pretty much. To cover? All right. No, I, th- I think it was good times. Good deal. We come back in. We will uh, touch on a couple of stories that are floating around the old intrawebs this week. We will also go to the mailbag. For the uh, first time, we got a few uh, emails and tweets that have come in, some questions um, that we will uh, get to this week, and um, we'll go over our weekly top five as well. That's all on the way. It's Jobbing Out. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and... Get your cash for nothing, because there is no fee. Yep, that's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge to use their ATMs. We don't. Our ATMs are surcharge free, so you can always get cash for nothing because there is no fee. At all Royal Farms ATMs. Individual cardholder fees may still apply. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen, powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkenbaseball.com slash camps. Don't be the guy that has to call your mother-in-law like I've had to in the past and beg for a ride when something's wrong with your vehicle. Take it to First Choice Automotive in Joppa. 410-676-5552. Dave and Chrissy know your car is your life. Free loaner cars with major repairs. Free towing to and from at First Choice Automotive. 410-676-5552. On the web, fcautomotive.com. 
Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fatheads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Third and final segment is Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster with you. And Aaron, you know, we, we mentioned at the top that with the summer schedule, we, we did not have a guest this week. And so we wanted to do for the first time, we've been saying we're going to do it, we've been saying we're going to do it, but finally we wanted to do the mailbag this week, which is to get into... Some um, some listener or or even friend um, questions that they had about us for us whatever it would be and as a reminder you can always email us what's the email address Aaron jobbingoutshow at gmail dot com jobbingoutshow at gmail dot com you can get your questions in or you of course can tweet both of us yeah I'm at Glenn Clark Radio he's at the A Oster and uh, we got a few in for this week we're not going to go through all of them but let's go through a few of the questions that came in for this week so that uh, you know, we can pay off those that have reached out, or at least some of those that have reached out to us. Yeah, I, I liked this question from Brandon, and uh, Brandon, he clearly read my Rolling Stone well, first interview of all, on Jay Lethal. Brandon is the best listener we've ever had. Let's just start with that. Yeah. Brandon's our dude. Like, he, he's got our back. He's unlike a lot of you that we have asked to spread the word about jobbing out. Brandon, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, walks around town just handing people flyers about jobbing out. He does an amazing job, and we appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we love you, Brandon. And, and I like this question because uh, he, he takes a stance that I don't think a lot of people take, but I, I think it's starting to get a little harder to disagree with that Jay Lethal is the best wrestler in the world. It's interesting. Uh, I did a profile on him in Rolling Stone last week. He just won the Ring of Honor title. He is fantastic. He's a fantastic all-around performer. His heel gimmick that he's doing right now is perfect. He has a lot of flair in him, a lot of just various heel characters. By heel persona, as you can see, factored into this. It's the first time we've been able to see him as a heel really ever in his career. And he's doing a great job. He's killing it. He's awesome. He deserves the title. He deserves all the acclaim he's getting. But uh, he says, do you think Jay Lethal is the best in the world? And if not, who is? All right, so if you ranked like a top five, <laughs> it's funny, we do a top five. It's not our topic this week. No. Maybe it should have been. But if you did, let's just say a top three, all promotions worldwide, all classes, all the, you know, everything, yeah. who would your top three guys be? Boy, now, now, now you're putting me on the spot. Here's the argument I make. The last time we knew definitively who the best wrestler was in the world was when CM Punk walked away. Before CM Punk walked away, there was no doubting that CM Punk was the top uh, performer in I the world. I think there, there were arguments to be made. From who? 
there were arguments. I think you could say at the time he walked away that Daniel Bryan was a better performer. I, I think that Daniel Bryan was more over, maybe, but I don't think that anybody was doing better work than CM Punk. Um, I mean, there there were several people across that you could really make a case where. Uh, I mean, he was certainly up there. If you had said CM Punk was very clearly, I'm not going to argue with you. But, you know, you, you look at some of the guys in Japan, if this is truly a well, Right, and thing. that's what you're talking about. So Jim Ross over the weekend talked about a couple of those guys from Japan, and he asked yeah. if you were drafting, if yeah. you were creating your own, um, you know, stable, whatever it was the, right now, and you could draft any professional wrestlers, right. who would it be? Well, my, my initial response to this was there's one guy in mind. I love him. I think he's great. He put on another great match this weekend over in Japan, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, a lot of people talk about him. Nakamura He is, was one of the guys on uh, JR's list, by yeah, the way. He is so good. He is great in the ring. You know, he has a tremendous persona. He is a guy, I, I saw him, uh, two, I guess, two months ago now at the uh, Ring of Honor New Japan show in Philly. And when he came out, they lost their shit. He, his right, persona was right. so much that the Briscoes got booed. And he's a guy who, if he made it to WWE, I think he could not say a word and get over. All right, here's my beef, is that I think we're out overthinking this. And JR did not. Like, he said number one is obvious. Well, I know who number one is. Number one is Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is the answer to this question. He's the answer. He's not. He is, 100%. No, he's the answer is of, of if, you're, if, if you're drafting somebody who He's the answer want. to everything. He's, he's not the he's best. Literally, is he the best talker? Um, he might be. We don't know. Is he? I mean, he's a good persona. He throws guys around, but if you're if if you're rating his skills, he is so great at what it, he does that he doesn't have to be the greatest. Yeah, and he is no, he is the one of he might be the greatest hoss of all time, the most athletic, the greatest hoss of all time. There's no question about it. And when we're getting to the top here, you're kind of nitpicking a little bit here and there. I take the guy who can put on the 45 minute match while entertaining you like no one else ever has in this you're business You're trying to convince before. me that you don't think that Brock could do those things. I don't know that Brock. I haven't seen it. Well, we've seen him work longer matches We've in the seen past. him work longer, but they – and he's not engaging with the crowd. He's not, he's not engaging with the crowd without a single word the way that Nakamura can. Okay, that's all well and good. I, I'm not saying Brock – like we're, we're talking about the Brock top. Lesnar. We're talking about the top of the top of the top here. Like – I'm not give, me, give me Brock Lesnar every time. Fine. Give me Brock Lesnar. I mean, every the the, the, the time. real answer to this though is Dalton Castle. Who? Dalton <laughs> Castle. I I, he's I so good. He's, he's a uh, he's recently came over from Chicago to Ring of Honor, and he has the greatest. He's he's doing the effeminate gimmick to perfection, all right. and it's amazing. But all no, right. um, it's it's Nakamura in my mind. All right. Well, I think that you all are nuts, and the answer is Brock Lesnar, period. Yeah. The Brock Lesnar could fart tomorrow, and it'd be better than anything <laughs> that anybody else was doing. Uh, let, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Bob here. Okay. Bob uh, is thinking about going to WrestleMania, and he saw that recent report that said, okay, WWE has some matches in mind, which includes Oh, well, the, the report was Vince said Vince apparently has six matches in mind for WrestleMania Including 32. Triple H and Steph against Rock right. and Rousey. There were a number of, in mind. Well, they didn't really say what the other ones yeah, were. Yeah, that, that was the one big one. Yeah, they said that one. But they said other than that, they just – that he's got six matches, matches in, in mind. mind. Correct. And, and they said Undertaker Sting was not on that right. list. Right, correct. Uh, and it also – the report said Daniel Bryan – is uh, right now they have no plans for him because yes. they're not sure if he's going to be there. Yes. Basically, his question is, what are the odds he's going to get to see Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania? And should he you know, go in even mildly expecting it? 
So Bob's going because it's Texas. It's or Texas. Because maybe it's, the, I don't know. The, the Did he say is it his first WrestleMania? No, it, 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 he didn't really okay. say that. He's saying he, he's planning on going. He really wants to see. He's a big Daniel but, Bryan But is he, is he making his decision based on the idea of whether or not? No, no, he's going regardless. He's going either way. He okay. just wants to, because he's a big Daniel Bryan fan. Okay. It, should he, is he going to be disappointed? Yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm a betting man, I'm saying, pro- look, neither one of us are doctors. And I don't even think even the doctors have an idea about what's going on with, with Daniel Bryan. But I think that at this point, you're accepting more and more the notion that you, you cannot expect. No. Look, if somehow Brock Lesnar is able to do something at WrestleMania yeah, next Daniel year. <laughs> if Brock Lesnar That's can... how important Brock Lesnar is. <laughs> now, that that's would be disappointing sing- if Brock Lesnar wasn't at WrestleMania right, next year. And then you just cancel your trip. Um, yeah, if Daniel Bryan's able to do something at WrestleMania, God bless, enjoy it. But go make every plan you have around the idea that that Daniel Bryan's not going to be a part of it. That it's just it's it's over. And I hope it's not. I hope we end up being wrong. But everything about reality suggests to me that it probably I'm, is. I'm dude's neck is jacked up. Yeah, I'm 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 really accepting the fact that I think we're going to see one more run out of him, probably a short you know four month run, and it's going to basically build as his farewell run. And they're not going to push it for this year's WrestleMania. They're going to figure out when he can do it, and that's what we're going to see from him. Nah, I hope that's not the case. No, yeah, obviously. We love Daniel right, Bryan. Right. I think you're right about it. Uh, final question from Ken. And Ken oh, KZ, our boy Ken Zalis. That's fans right. FantasyFootball.com. And he, he actually asked a couple questions here, but there's one that I really wanted to focus on here, and it was... You know, KZ is going to have to come in studio one time. We're yeah. going to have to have him come yeah. by in studio. But um, he, he kind of took the defeated route here and said... How is WWE going to mess up Kevin Owens? How's he, how are they going to screw this up? Kevin Owens is the hottest thing in wrestling right now. And Ken he to, is, he, is he looking for us to predict how they're going to screw it up or whether or not he's asking for an opinion? I, he says, how is it? So I want oh, to yeah. say, what, what's the most ridiculous way you could realistically, realistically think? Uh, I have a couple interesting ideas They here. think they're going to bring him out on a Monday Night Raw and they're going to have him wearing uh, track pants and they're going to call him the hip-hop hippo. That's what I think they're going to do go. to screw up Kevin Owens. They're going to have him start dancing. No, I think that in the most likely scenario is they burn out his flame too quickly. That you know they, they give him so much so early that then they realize they don't have anything else to do with him. And that if he's not in a championship match, there's literally you – know, if, if he's facing Ryback, no one gives an F all of a yep. sudden. As hot as he was. And he is hot right now. But as hot as he is, if in October he's facing Ryback, you're going to realize that you don't give a shit. You just don't. Um, and it's not because you don't like uh, Kevin Owens or you don't think he's very good. It's because there are a lot of things that we didn't give a shit about that Daniel Bryan was doing when he was at his hottest. That we needed him to be involved with the most important moments on the card. And if you're not doing that, you're going to run this risk of just not caring. Yep. And that's the most likely scenario for me of how they ruin Kevin Owens is that they, they, they give him so much so early. Maybe they give him the first – whoever has the title after SummerSlam, maybe Kevin Owens gets the first crack at it afterwards, right? Right. Well, how do you do that if he has the U.S. title, though? <laughs> You're, you are going to be so upset. It's going to suck so much when John Cena – Well, but then if he loses, how does he get the first crack at the title? I, I, yeah. You understand what I'm saying. No, Whatever no. It is, well, it's, it's what I was arguing about a month yeah, ago is correct. that they're, they're putting him in a position to fail. Right. Um. I mean, I came up with a situation where there's something that WWE, I'm shocked they haven't played. They played into it a little bit, but he's from Quebec. That means he has some French in him. Oh, yeah. They're totally going to push him as the French-Canadian at some point. Dude, they're definitely going to bring back they, Rob Conway, right? They are 100% going to make him a Quebecer. 
Like, there's almost no doubt in my mind that even if they don't come out and say he's the Quebecer, they're going to have him start speaking French. They're going to have him really play up the fact that he's Canadian, and they're going to ruin him because of it. I have no doubt in my mind that at some point, he might be ruined long before it, or whatever, but eventually this is going to be like, we wanted to be a heel. Yeah. Canadians are heels. Right. No, no, no. That's a great point. That's a, a great way that they could go about ruining him. I, I'll give you one more, which is um, the way that they end up ruining him is that they they try that T-shirt sales become too important. They start noticing the KOs around the building, mm-hmm. and now he's got to have catchphrases, and now he's got to the, the T-shirt sales become so important for them for them that you know he yeah. becomes Dean Ambrose. Well, the the other thing is he becomes a face. He's not a good face. I don't know. I've never seen him. I, I've seen him as a face. He's, he's he, you know, in Ring of Honor where everyone's cheering for everybody anyway, so right. it works out. But, I mean, even when he's a face, he's a heel. He's, he's blowing his nose on people and huh. spitting on people huh. and stuff. He's a terrible face. All right. All right. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Good deal. Is that it for the mailbag for this week? Can yeah. We... That, that's our three. As, as always, you can email us in. Uh, and sporadically, we'll pull a few of these out and we'll do Absolutely. a mailbag segment every now and then. All right. And you said jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Jobbingoutshow right? at gmail. Very good. Let's get into our quick count. Quick count, uh, like everything we do, brought to you by WrestleCrate, WrestleCrate.com. Uh, three subjects that we want to get into, just three stories that have popped up this week that uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about just yet. Our first one on the list will be um, – how about we do this first? Let's do the uh, Aaron's non-WWE yeah. uh, story of the week. Yeah, I was planning on coming in last week. I was just thinking, you know, this is going to be easy. I'm going to talk about EC3 because EC3 is awesome and he finally won the world title and – if there's, you know, we've talked so much bad stuff about TNA, and it's all deserved, but everything they've done with EC3 has been so perfectly done. He's a great, he might, he's up there amongst the best characters in wrestling right now. He's fantastic. He deserves it. I'm happy for him. Not a big fan of him winning with a backslide, but whatever. <laughs> you know, um, he's a champion, and only good things can, um, can come from that. So even when TNA is falling apart, they find a way to do one thing right. But... Then I found uh, New Japan's Dominion show over the weekend. And that show probably at this point is the show of the year in wrestling. Wow. Uh, It has a match of the year candidate with uh, Okada beating AJ Styles uh, for the title. Okada had lost the title to AJ Styles about 14 or 15 months ago at this point. He's been chasing it. It hasn't always been Styles because Tanahashi won the title at one point. But uh, finally beat AJ Styles. And this match... The last 30 seconds of the match were, was the single best finishing sequence that I've ever seen in a wrestling huh. match. It was so perfectly done with – because the, the story they were telling was, you know, these guys have been going at each other for about 15 months now. Okada's been running into the Bullet Club. They know each other very well. So the last 30 seconds was both of them going for their signature moves, going for their finishers, and the other knowing them well enough to figure out how to counter it. You had, you know – uh, Okada go for the Rainmaker, AJ ducking under, going for a German suplex, which turned into a flip. You know, AJ going for the Styles Clash, getting some elbows to the heads and stuff like that. Uh, going for the Bloody Sunday, getting a knee to the face. And just them knowing each other so well, and it flowed so perfectly that when he did it, that when Okada eventually hit the Rainmaker, it just felt like, oh my god, I can't believe I just saw this. It was fantastic. Mm. The entire show was great. Uh, Nakamura against Goto was great. Uh, Young Bucks against Red Dragon and Rapunzel Vice was great. Uh, j- just all over, a really great show. Tanahashi Yano was what it was, what it was, but people loved it just because it was kind of a comedy match that worked well. And it, they're really going more 
you, you can see it in some of these matches, more of the American style starting to transition, and more and more I think that if they could figure out a way to get over the language barrier, yeah. to get you know the idea of episodic TV when that's so foreign to Japan, no pun intended right. there, the right. foreign, that it could really catch on big here because it, it's just so good right now. It's cool. I, and look, it's tough for me. It is. It's just tough for me yeah. because I don't have – there isn't the star that I know about that I can immediately say, hey, here's the reason why I would tune it in. AJ like, Styles might be that guy for – not necessarily for you but for a lot no, of people. No, that's a great AJ point. Styles that's a that great guy. point. He could very well be that guy. That's a very good point. Um, number two, the NXT show in New York – on SummerSlam weekend is happening at a very interesting place. Yeah, uh, we t- I don't know if we talked about it here or if it was in one of my columns where I mentioned, or if it might have just been on Twitter with somebody, where I talked about NXT. You know, They are doing very specific things. They, they are looking for those you know, 1,500 to 4,000 seats. Arena. They would yep. rather have a completely full house than a place that's bigger but only half full. They, they are being very careful where they go with NXT, and now they're going to Barclays Center. And to, to be fair, they're going to fill it because it's SummerSlam weekend. Right, and that's what they're there banking is, on. They're, they're going to fill it. And they're banking on enough people being in town. Now, it's a little bit different than the, the number of people that come in for WrestleMania because you only need a percentage of those people to show up for one of right. your other shows. At the same time, it's New York. It's New York, correct. It's a huge market. It's people that are coming in from out of town for SummerSlam. And it's people who specifically want it. it it's that sort of crowd right. that will you kill You should the, be able to fill up the Barclays the, Center the, for The NXT. one interesting thing about it is that it's running right up against the Ring of Honor show, which is also in Brooklyn at the uh, Brooklyn Cyclones Stadium. Oh, really? And they are going all out on that one. They are putting up dream matches there because uh, uh, some of the New Japan guys are coming over. So they have Roderick Strong against Okada. They have Jay Lethal teaming with Nakamura huh. against uh, Red Dragon. You have the Briscoes against the Time Splitters. So you have potentially, on paper, two of the better shows going head-to-head miles from each other at the same time at SummerSlam weekend. Uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly how they pull it off. I think they'll pull it off fine. I think the more interesting thing than what, you know, will they fill it is they're advertising this as a takeover. If it's a takeover, I mean, that's very different to do a takeover on a Saturday. Yeah. All the takeovers have been the, that midweek right. show. So if that's their plan, that's real interesting, an interesting change. And what exactly is the plan for that if Owens is gone? A lot of people are hurt right now. Well, Banks is I mean, I think you can count on they've got their entire roster there in New York. There's going to be appearances made on. Well, if it's a takeover, though, you're not billing it as a house show. You're billing it as that takeover. No, I special. hear you. But what, what's wrong with part of the takeover being that you ask so and so to go do a match? It, there's nothing wrong with it. It'd just they, be a Tyson l- Kid did NXT for a little while. Yeah, they've that's had true. Other yeah, yeah. And they've, they've had Adam Rose. They've had right. Cesaro. I mean, there's nothing yeah. wrong with having one of these guys do a match right. at, at at NXT to try to help that I, event. I assume. Boy, I don't even know what the main event would. Main event might end up being like Balor vs. Joe, which wouldn't suck. I mean, that would be okay. <laughs> that that really wouldn't suck at all. It's the most logical, right? I it would I. That would make sense right I mean, now. There's no way that, it, that it, I mean Tyler Breeze. If you, if you told me it was Balor, Tyler. What Breeze, happened to him? Tyler, he's still around the picture. He's he's kind of. But he was hot. Like he, he was, was he was very hot, and he's still. You know, all these indie guys have come in, and it's kind yeah. of killed some of the guys yeah. who are there. But he's he's been around. And there there was a feud between. Well, there's a feud between Hideo, and uh, Breeze, which could very naturally transition. That was the uh, Breeze Balor was the. Number one contender. That's why okay. Balor is. So you could do that. 
could put them all together, but I think Balor Joe makes a ton of sense. I don't think it'd be the end of the world if you asked Kevin Owens to have one more match no, no. at SummerSlam weekend at NXT. It would just it would feel even a little if it was awkward. A, would it though? Would it be that terrible if um, you know, if he had a return match? You know what I mean? Like the night before. It depends what he's doing for SummerSlam. Okay. I mean, if he's the U.S. champion and yeah, he's, right. they're they're building this, I'd rather just have him cut the cord there. But you know. Who knows? Maybe someone else will have signed by then at this rate. It's totally possible. And, uh, but it, it should be fun, and it's really making that SummerSlam weekend the place to be uh, up in Brooklyn. Well, which, like, that's the idea. That, right. that, that, that's the idea. It's just, it should be fantastic. Number three, a story that started on Reddit. Notes from Vince and Stephanie McMahon about the expectations for WWE announcers. And this got a lot of traction which I think was only because the names attached to it, because I don't know that there was anything about the notes themselves that were actually that damning or even that terribly interesting. Like, nothing about this really jumped out at me as like, oh my god, I can't believe Vince won't let the announcers blank, or he's forcing them to blank. Like, that nothing on here, you know, the way that you he's asked... You know, uh, be descriptive in how you describe the champion. Don't describe Jack Swagger as the heavyweight champion. Describe him as the arrogant heavyweight champion. Right. Right, that's a good idea. Yeah, that, that's – I mean, like, I, I, the only thing that I could – like, that's how you also get the vigilante sting. That's fine. how you get the – and I get that people are like, okay, that's how the, that corny bit okay, started. maybe some of yeah. it's sort of silly, but I don't know that it's bad. I mean, like, no, is it – No, no. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the – uh, what was it? I, I can't remember exactly what the word is, but the the dropping the strap or whatever. Yeah. Like, okay, you know that that's kind of silly that you're not allowing a very you know a phrase that's been used forever right. when it comes to wrestling. Um, but yeah, you know, call what's on the screen. Don't call what you're you know what's not on the screen. Well, no kidding. Right. <laughs> like, right. Correct. That, that's something that every you know both of us do play by play broadcasting, and both of us know that if we're doing it for TV, we're calling from the monitor. That's we're fact. not calling what we're seeing unless we're very specifically trying to point out and trying to get our cameraman right. to get on it. Right. Or to say, hey, here's something that you didn't see on the screen that will help explain what happened. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, n- nothing on here. I mean, the fact that a any sort of memo, specific, like, like that's why it's a big deal. We're seeing a memo. Right. And like, we don't... if this was just reported as this, well, yeah, all of this has been, we know that he doesn't want to call it a belt anymore. He wants to call it a championship title. Right. Like, we've known that forever. And, uh, to, you know, the wrestlers even kind of make fun of it. Didn't Owen say something about that? I, oh, I can't yeah, that, it does sound right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, yeah. We knew this, but now that we see it in the memo, it's like, oh, we get to see an inside look on, you know, what's actually the memo that's being handed out here. But, you know, whatever. Correct. None of this is a, is a problem to me whatsoever, and if there's something that we're missing, somebody's going to have to get it in front of me somehow, some way. It brings us to our top five this week, and it's sort of in honor of this story about the announcers as well as um, Titus O'Neil being so good on commentary this week. And here's my question this week. Who are the top five current WWE performers that we think could go on to make really good analysts? And, you know, the caveat here is, one, we agreed to not put Titus O'Neil on the list because... TV number one. Right. Like, we just saw him. He's inspired the list. He's not on the list. And and we agreed no manager, so no Paul Heyman. (laughs) Correct. No Paul Heyman. We're talking about performers, current performers that could go on to make really good color analysts. 
My number five is a little bit off the beaten path. My number five is Paige. I thought about her. I think that Paige has that right level of arrogance and um, an actual knowledge of the mm-hmm. industry that could play out as a heel broadcaster. Yeah. You know, that, that she could actually both explain what was happening and yet disparage what she yeah. saw in a way that could bring something to a broadcast. And she's showing that on Tough Enough right now. She's taking the Simon Cowell, I'm going to browbeat these, you right. know, anyone I don't like, I'm going to basically embarrass them. But it's one thing to do it and yeah. just to do it. It's another thing to really know what you're talking about I mean, as you do honestly, it. honestly, and I thought about her, and this is going to sound bad, but I just don't think that she could do it because of her accent. I, I don't know it's if so I could... It's so funny you bring that up. I don't know if I could handle listening to her for three hours. I, I love Paige, but, yeah. I, I hear you. I don't, I don't know that she would be the raw... Analyst, you know what I mean. I don't know that there wouldn't be another way that you'd have to make it work. But I disagree with that. I don't think the accent would be what prevents me. I think it's far more likely that we would never get to see Paige as an analyst, sadly, because she's a woman. Well, they're than, they're they're hyping Renee Young like they are. I, I they hope, have big plans for. I, I think she's going to be case. a SmackDown. I think in the next twelve months, I, she's I hope you're right. At least that. a fill in, if not and regular. If, if that's the case, then I hope that that pays the way for one day to be. And I just. I think the people are getting over the, like Brad Friedel, who's an American, did uh, has a British accent now because right. of how long he's played soccer in England, and he's doing American soccer broadcasts. It's not it's not just the English accent though, because like I think William Regal, oh, you know, yeah, he's, I, I didn't include him because he's, he's not really a performer. Anymore. Yeah, and, and he did a lot of yeah. you know did a lot of stuff for NXT, but I, I think he'd be great. But I think their accents are different enough that I, okay. I think hers is a little harsher, and it, it would just make it tough for two whole hours to listen to her. Talking. Okay, number five. Uh, number five for me, you'd, you'd have to get rid of his character, but uh, R Truth. I think R Truth would make yeah, a great I, analyst. It's tough because he's so invested in the character right now that it's hard to remember who R Truth really is. Yeah, you could very well be right, and he's somebody that I considered for this list. It's just that you, he's so much that character right yeah. now. It's just hard for me to imagine that being completely abandoned. If, if, if you drop it, though, or even if you don't completely drop it, but you know you make him a lot more toned down than he is right now. I mean, we've seen we've seen him do off the cuff stuff. We've seen him show all of the aspects for doing play by play. He's good at describing things. He's good at telling a story, and he's good at you know the the off the cuff bantering. We've seen it enough in his guest commentary that he could definitely step in and do some color commentary. Yeah, yeah I could see that. Uh, my number four, it's so funny you bring up the accent. My number four is Wade Barrett. Okay. Um, I, again, I think you, you that... Just, you just like the English. You think no, the English I think, accent I, I think adds some, I think that he some has, pro- propriety Yeah, I think it. maybe there's... You know, it's funny. That's not what I was thinking, but you're not wrong about that. Yeah. But I'll add one other thought. I think it's the exact same thing as Paige, where he really knows what he's talking about and yet could perform the role as a heel. That, it's, that you can both be an arrogant jackass and yet do it while really explaining the business and really explaining to somebody what it is they're watching. And that is what I think would make a very good analyst. So Wade Barrett is number four on my list. Uh, My number four is Dean Ambrose. I think Hmm. Dean Ambrose, again, I'm looking for guys who can carry a conversation. I just don't know yet the extent of his knowledge and his ability to explain what it is that we're watching. He's been around the indies enough that I feel like he could – again – you know, for most of these guys, we don't know if they would actually be able to tell a story, how they would react to Vince yelling in right, their ear right. constantly. You know, we've seen Saxon do great off of Raw, but terribly on Raw because Vince is constantly yeah. yelling at him. So we don't know. That. But as far as being able to carry a conversation, not freezing up, being able to talk off the cuff, you know, we've seen Dean Ambrose drop these little quips in here and there. We've seen Dean Ambrose. He knows the history of the business. 
he'd be, I think he'd be very good at, at all of that uh, sort of thing, especially as a color. Specifically, we're looking at a color commentator. Right. Yeah, I think he'd be great at that. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'd be a great play-by-play guy, but. My number three is is perfect for an, an analyst. He could become, a, he could be a heel one day, could be a face the other day. He really knows the business. He's been around for long enough. It seems like he kind of matters a little bit, despite the fact that, like, who knows how much he matters, and that's the big show. He's the, on my list, but I'll the big we'll shows, get to him. The big show is a seemingly obvious choice because, again, he's been around for forever. He knows everything, and he can serve whatever role he needs to serve on a day-to-day basis that you could see him smoothly transitioning into work as a commentator in the future. But, you know, it's, it's real work. You know what I mean? Like right. he's got to be able to, dig, to show that he's willing to do that work in order to make it to be good at it. I think it's something that he could do. He's, he's actually my number one. Oh, I have him number well, one Well, that's overall. insane because it, you, of all people, know who number one oh, should be. well, I, it might be my number three. Well, actually. let's find out. Uh, number three is The Miz. You're nuts. The Miz <laughs> is not only number one. How there's really anybody else on the list makes no my, sense. My, my problem, and it's not even a problem with The Miz, but as color commentator for The Miz, I'm concerned he would be too bombastic. I, I, fine. I, no, I, I think that... Too many color analysts. Yes, boy, the, the king has just been an awful color analyst. Well, he has been well, there for have been times that he's 15 been. years now. Like, he hasn't been good Maybe. since 1998. So, yes, I don't want another king. I don't want this version of JBL where it's just, like, nonsense coming out of your mouth. And I'm worried that you, you have Miz regularly be that guy, and that's what you turn Miz into. But, no, I mean, he clearly has the mic skills for it. He clearly – I'm just concerned that – if you ask him to not really play a character that much, which you know you probably wouldn't ask him to do, but in my mind, a color. I think analysts should also be characters. I think they should be slight characters. I think they should be. Characters. I think they should be slight characters because you, if you're too big of a character, you risk what's happening now, where you're forced to, you know, argue with one another. You're taking the action away from the ring and putting it on the commentary. I, I hear you. I think you can accomplish both things. I think you can. I think you can. I don't know if Miz can. That that's my concern. There's nothing the Miz can't do. Well. I'm, you son of a bitch. I mean, I'm the Miz's biggest fan here. Uh, yeah, so. well, are you? Because yes, you botched but, this list. No I, no, I did not botch. I worried he's, I worried he's too big for commentary. Right, well, I disagree. My number two is uh, Sandow. Um, okay. I just think he's a perfect fit. I think that he would be the type of person that, again, can explain everything that's going on, can bring some personality, has done a little bit of everything, You know, could serve as a, a face, could serve as a heel, whatever was necessary. I think that he brings all that to the table, and he's inc- a, a very solid order. I think all that makes for a very good play by or analyst, and I think that Sandow would be a tremendous analyst. Yeah, he'd be fun. Uh, I have Xavier Woods as yeah, my and, number two. Again, maybe. I just don't know enough. I don't. I just, you know... He's well spoken enough. I agree he, with you know, that. He's, he, you, we, we've heard him talk all off the cuff. We've seen him in and out of character. We, you know, we saw him on the documentary that the NXT, the E60 thing, and uh, I, he was great. Just you know, talking to the camera there. And I think again, like he can be a character without being bombastic, which I think is, you know, with the exception of Bobby the Brain, I feel like most color analysts aren't good if they're too bombastic. Bobby the Brain was Bobby this the like Brain. This is the SAT word of the week for you that you just said, I'm going to come in here this week and use Bobby I don't know why, but it's, 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 it's the word I'm, but it's the word that describes what I'm thinking of. Like a guy who just goes in there and tries to hijack the broad, not tries to, but he ends up hijacking the broadcast, taking the attention off of the match itself. I think that's the big problem with wrestling commentary these days is that you have that guy who just, you know, the broadcast is all about right. him. 
And when I was making that list, that's what I, was one of my things is, can he be there in, an, uh, in a good but understated role? All right. And I think Xavier Woods can do that. All right, very good. That's our uh, top five for the week. That'll do it for uh, whatever episode number this was of Jobbing Out. 17, 16, whatever. 18, 34. Not sure. Whatever it was. We've been That'll... doing it for four months. It's been good times. Boy, it's been a lot of fun. Um, reminder, you can always get us uh, via the email, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Aaron, uh, you are on Twitter where? The Aoster. And what do you have coming up at the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? Uh, well, I, I'm continuing my Tough Enough recaps. We didn't get to talk about it much today, but our boy Patrick from Maryland Championship Wrestling still looking our good. Boy. Our, our boy. Our boy. Wouldn't know our me boy. if I walk right up. If I slap him in the face, wouldn't have any clue. But he's our boy. Yeah, that's right. Because he's Maryland Championship Wrestling <laughs> and all, all of this. But um, yeah, he's still looking good, and the producers are putting all the focus in the world on him. So good. even if he doesn't win, he's getting a contract. There's no doubt Very about it. Good. And uh Last week, if, if you I noticed they uh, got the uh, the, uh, the uh, young ladies in bikinis awfully quick on this show. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. Like, it's, it's always a trick. And, and then they did ent- they did entrances where all of the women pretty much ended up being strippers. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and that was just kind of on there. And then even like Lita and Billy Gunn were like, "Yeah, you're you're supposed to be a farmer, not a farmer <laughs> stripping down the." And oh, uh, Bill- Billy Gunn, had, I gotta mention this though. Uh, so ZZ, the the Cajun yeah. alligator wrestler, he like they they pulled gimmicks out of the hat and they were supposed to like do entrances, put costumes, and he got American Hero and based on his personality, he just did the most ridiculous thing possible. And Billy Gunn, of all people, Mister Ass, criticizes him for not being a serious enough character. <laughs> so yeah, M- Mister uh, Ass, I'm not sure I'm if he's an the ass man. He also uh, had a life uh, commitment to his partner <laughs> yes. Chuck Palumbo. Yes, but uh, tag team partners for life. So yeah, I, I have all of that recap, and it's good times. And uh, also, uh, our, our interview last week with Magnus took off so much oh, yeah. that uh, for Rolling Stone, I kind of resorted it, and I actually talked to him a little bit off the air afterwards. Okay. Uh, asked him just directly something I was trying to get at about uh, unionizing and wrestling and what his thoughts were of that. So added that to the article. That's up now on RollingStone.com. Very cool. You can go check that out. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. My I do sports otherwise at glennclarkradio.com. Next week, uh, our main event, AJ Francis, the Miami Dolphins, joins us once again. It's our battleground preview show. That's on the way. Continue to get at us on Twitter and via the email throughout the week with your questions. Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you next week for Aaron Oster and for Russell Crate. Go support them. I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. <laughs>